Praise the Lord. Father, we just ask you to bless your word to us this morning. Thank you. We just ask you to bless your word to us this morning, Lord, and uh, be with us. Open our hearts. Before I start on this, I want to give a bit of testimony. Um, I'm going to talk a bit about Israel. You know it's my thing, you know, Israel. It's just part of me. Um, but uh, on it's about three weeks ago, I got a phone call off a friend of mine, and we kind of studied Hebrew together. And she said to me, do you want to go to Israel, Lynn? I said, I always want to go. Always want to go. So I can't say no. <laughs> so she said, well, I've been given a thousand pounds, she said, to go to Israel. She said, and I think you should have it. And I said, well, if it's been given to you, it's for you. And I wouldn't go without you if you're the one that's supposed to be going. So she said, well, pray about it. I'll ring you tomorrow. So she rang me up the next day. And she said, it's all booked, all paid for. All you've got to do now is believe God for your pocket money. So I thought, well, I've got till November. So, you know, I can kind of stretch it out a bit. And uh, the next day I got a a phone call off another friend of mine. Friends are good things to have, aren't they? And uh, she rang me up and she said, um, Lynn, she said, I've got, God's told me to give you some money. I said, did he? That's nice of him. She said, I've got £200 here, she said, for you. And I thought, yes, Lord, that's my pocket money. So I said, yes, I know what that's for. Isn't God good? Isn't that wonderful? It's not just me, you know, he can do it for all of you. He's not got any favourites. My mum used to say, you're one of God's favourites. All the time, she always used to say it to me, and I say, no, we're all God's favourites, all of us. We're all God's favourites. So I'm very blessed. That's a bit of testimony from my life in the last couple of weeks, how God does things for us. Amazing, amazing things. And as we start to look at God's word, I just thought today we'd realise how precious our breath is. Just take a breath and just realise that's God that's given you that. That's God that's given you the power to live and the power to live for him. And this morning I want to look at the parable of the fig tree. If you've got your Bibles, can you turn to Matthew 24? I'm going to be looking in different places. I like to see Bibles, I like to hear the pages turning. I know we put the stuff up here and you think, well, why did I take my Bible when it's on there? But it's still nice to open it, isn't it, and look at the words yourself. Um, Matthew 24 and verse 32 Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, know that the summer is near. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, know it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and of that hour, no man knoweth, not even the angels of heaven, but only my Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There's a lot in those few verses there. And repeated again in Luke 21 for your own study. And so God is giving, Jesus is giving here in Matthew 24, the signs to watch for 
for his coming and what will happen. We're seeing so much in the world today of what has been spoken of by the Lord Jesus to watch for his coming. It's coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready for his return? Are you ready to go and meet him in the sky? Because that's coming. That's coming. Meanwhile, we live here, don't we? And we have to get on with what he's called us to do. Can you put the first picture on, please? In the, in the Bible, um, trees represent people or people groups. And the fig tree is a symbol for Israel. Israel as a nation. Israel as a spiritual state. And Israel's salvation fig trees and there you see we've got this little fig tree the leaves don't quite look the same as that and I do believe they get very big fig trees get very big um, fig trees and vines are two of the trees which are mentioned in the bible and it's very interesting in biblical days the vineyards were the vines were supported by the fig tree so the vine went over the top of the fig tree and if you think about it, the fig tree, it represents Israel. And the vine represents the church. Jesus said, I am the true vine, John 15. Those who abide in me, I will abide in them. And he talks about himself as, as the vine. And he talks about the branches being cut off and other branches being grafted in, which is the church. I think the church is a wonderful work of the grace of God. Because us Gentiles really didn't have any part in what God was doing with Israel as a nation. But in his grace and in his love, he spread out his arms and brought us in. Absolutely amazing. We're all sitting here today because of God's grace and God's mercy. And grace is something we didn't deserve. It's something we didn't earn. It's something that was freely given by God to us. You know, you've all got people around you that you need to be gracious to. You know, sometimes you think they don't deserve it but you need to be gracious to. And grace is an amazing capacity in, in God's heart for us. Um, another thing about the vines and the fig trees in Jesus' day was, you remember in the temple days, back there in Jesus' time, they did a lot of sacrifices, didn't they, with blood, killed the animals. And in the temple, and there's a site you can go on called the Temple temple institute and you can find all this out there um, in the temple in those days where the altar was where they killed the animals the blood would run down it was all very clean and very well done it wasn't a big splattery mess the blood would run down this hole and then at night they would clear off the altar and put the bone what was left the ash from the bone down this hole and it would run down inside the hill and at the bottom there, there would be priests where it would come out and the gardeners would come with carts and they would buy the blood and bone from the temple and go and put it into the ground where the figs and the vineyards were growing. What a type we can see of Jesus here. We can see the Lamb of God. We can see him giving his life for his blood to bring us in the vine and the fig to bring us in. Can you see that? To bring a harvest from our lives. It's a little bit allegorical, but that is the um, example for us. And so 
the blood is powerful. The blood of Jesus saves us from our sins. It washes us from our sins. We can't see it, but in the spirit realm, when we come to Jesus, he cleanses us with his blood. And the fig tree always represents Israel. Um, in the Bible, was this what they call the first mention principle. So every time you study something in the Bible, there is a first mention of it. And the first mention of the fig tree, of course, is in Genesis. Can you put... Yeah, that's it. Genesis chapter 3. They talk about them eating the apple, but I believe it was a fig tree. See, Adam here, it's very messy. Eve's telling him to pick all his clothes up. But the fig, the fig leaf here uh, in Genesis chapter 3, and it says, um, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, this is chapter 3 verse 6, um, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband... He did eat with her. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves aprons. Then they heard the voice of God in the garden. Walking in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. That's the first thing we do when we make a mistake, isn't it? We hide ourselves from God. We don't read his word. We stay away. But when we're walking right with him, we love to come to him. But God comes and finds us. And he came and found Adam and Eve. And he said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're making a work of your own ideas. I will provide a way of redemption. And so he did. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this, what you have done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. So she's blaming the next person. That's another thing we do, don't we, when we, when we make mistakes. Well, it was their fault. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have said that. Yeah? You ever had an accident in your car? Never your fault, is it? It's always the other person. And that's our inherent nature. But God, Jesus has redeemed us from those kind of things and made us new creations. So the fig leaves um, represent our own effort and not faith in God not faith in God. God had to show them the way of the blood to bring them to a place of faith. If we can just put the next one on, please. If we can just turn to Matthew 21. I've got a Bible that's falling apart, you know. it's Verse 18. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he hungered. And when he saw the fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you henceforth. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus said to them, verily I say unto you, if you have faith, and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but you shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, 
and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing in your heart. If you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you shall have what you believe for. Some of us believe for things, don't we? And we say we want things, but is it right? Are we there with our hearts? Are we believing God? And Jesus said to them, don't be amazed. What was behind this? What, what was Jesus thinking? Was he just cross because there was no figs on the tree and he was hungry? I don't think so. I think this was a deeper thing. I think he was looking at the tree and thinking of the nation of Israel. The fig tree in type, we said already, is the, represents the nation of Israel. And I believe that Jesus was looking at this tree and he saw no fruit on it. Just leaves, lots of leaves, which speak of our own works. We can all be like that, can't we? We're trying to work out our own thing, you know, trying to do it by works. But it's not by works, it's by faith. It's necessary for us to understand that God was, Jesus was dealing with the nation of Israel here. In some Bibles it says, Jesus cursed the fig tree. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe Jesus ever cursed Israel. Because if we look at our first reading again in Matthew, you can see that Jesus was speaking about the fig tree coming to bloom. And the fig tree represents the nation of Israel. And since 1945, we've seen the nation of Israel begin to bloom again, begin to grow again, begin to put forth its leaves. And Jesus said, when you see that, you know that the time is near for my return. But amazing words. But here he's speaking of how, what is going to happen to this nation. And we see that the fig tree withered up from the roots. And what happened in um, 70 AD was that the nation were, was dispersed. The nation of Israel was dispersed when Titus came and overthrew Israel and, and desecrated the temple, burnt it all down. The, the nation of Israel dispersed into the nations of the world during that time. I wouldn't say it's like all at once, but they did disperse into the nations. Also, the church moved away from Israel during that time. And God was, um, God was spreading his people out into the nations for a purpose. One, because he was dealing with their lack of faith. They only had leaves. They only had their own works. They only had the religious mindset. And I love the Jews, so, you know, they only had that religious mindset. They didn't have faith. And this is the thing that Jesus wanted us as Christians as well to come to him by faith, believing. There are people, aren't there, that say, you know, well, why do you go to church? What's it all about? You know, I could do better things with myself on a Sunday morning. But why are we here? Why are we here this morning? We come together as a corporate body. We come together to worship God. We come together to listen to the word. And let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into his presence. So we see here that Jesus is saying, 
let no fruit be found on you because this wasn't the time for Israel. This wasn't the time. Fruit was going to come in the church first. This wasn't the time for Israel. Israel was going to come and as, as it did and has come back to the land and we're seeing God working with Israel. I don't know if any of you follow any of the things on Facebook or on your, on your computer about what's going on in Israel and we see all the time there's always wars there and Jesus said that would happen. There will be wars and rumors of wars. It will happen and it will escalate before Jesus returns. Thank you. Let's look at um, Luke. Can you put the next one on, please? Luke 13 and verse 6. And this is a parable that Jesus spoke of the fig tree. So you've got the words up there. And he spoke a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. And then he said to the vine dresser, Behold, these three years, remember Jesus' ministry, three years. These three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree. For three years Jesus had come looking for fruit in the nation of Israel. Remember when he sat on the Mount of Olives and he said, Oh, Israel, Israel, I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not. They didn't recognize who Jesus was. And still today, they don't recognize him as the Messiah. But there are more Jews today coming to Christ. So we see this, he said, Three years I have come seeking fruit. And on this fig tree, I found none. Cut it down. Why should it fill the ground? And he answering said to him, Lord, let it alone. This year I will dig it about and dung it, and it will bear fruit. And if not, then you can cut it down. So I put a little joke on there, you see. It's put that much manure on it to try and make it grow. And I think this is the heart of God over Israel. You know, he's constantly trying to cause it to see faith. Cause it to see it's not just about the acts of works that they do, the covering up of their sin, the, you know, all the rigmarole that they did. It's about a living relationship with him. On my uh, Facebook page, I have a guy called the Accidental Talmudist who comes on. And, uh, of course, he's Jewish. But some of the things he puts on there are quite amazing. And um, he was on a radio program, and he gave his testimony of how he came back to Judaism. He doesn't acknowledge Jesus as Messiah at all. But he has a relationship with God, which is absolutely amazing. And you think, well, how, how can he have that relationship with God without knowing Jesus? Because the people of Israel are God's people. They are the wife of Jehovah, and the church is the bride of Christ. We got that. So the relationship with Israel, if they turn to God, is there. It's always been there through Abraham, through Jacob, through them all. It's always been there. But all the religion rigmarole needs to go, doesn't it? And we need to pray for those people that they will come to know the Lord Jesus. And when you're in Israel, you know, you can meet up with groups of what they call Messianic Jews. Um, Jews Jews who are messianic in their belief. So Jews don't become Christians like we think of it. 
they become fulfilled Jews because they receive the Messiah and they retain their Jewish uh, Judaism and and they become Messianic Jews, right? So it's all very interesting. Israel's very interesting to understand all these things. And remember that Jesus is a Jew and Jesus came to the Jewish people and they would not. So the gospel was beautifully open to the Gentiles, to us, to receive that blessing. Can we put the next one on? So let's break this down. A certain man, that's Jesus, had a fig tree. Those are the people of Israel. And he planted it in his land, a vineyard. And that's the church. We're the vineyard, right? Jesus has planted the church. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none, only leaves. No faith, just religion. And this is something we have to be careful of, not getting involved with just religious rigmarole, but having faith in the living God and walking by faith and having our life by faith. That's why I gave that testimony at the beginning to show you that we can live a life of faith and God will meet us where our faith is. It's not just about religion. But yes, we need to come to the word of God and read what he has to say. And remember the story about Adam and Eve with the fig leaves. The man said, cut it down, it's wasting land. But the gardener asked for another year. And that shows to me God's mercy and God's grace over that nation. Israel was removed from the land and scattered later in 70 AD under Titus. And so we see in some of the history of Israel as well in this. Can you put the next one on, please? In John chapter 1, It's an interesting chapter, John chapter 1. Very long chapter, but very interesting. Um, Nathaniel came to Jesus in this story. On the day following, verse 43, Jesus would go into Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip finds Nathanael and says to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. So don't discount the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not obsolete. All the writings in the New Testament have their roots in the Old. All the people who wrote the New Testament originally were Jews. So that all their thoughts and ideas that God gave them and the revelation God gave them in writing the New Testament came out of the Old Testament. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. And Nathanael said to him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered him and said, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe. You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter, you shall see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Does that last verse make, remind you of another story? In the Old Testament where Jacob saw the ladder. Let's just, yeah, thank you. 
And he said, truly you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending. This is in Genesis 28. That Jesus was saying, I am that ladder. I am that means of access. I am the means of everything that God brings to you by faith. Everything God brings to you. Nathaniel, you've seen something. And what was he saying to Nathaniel? I like that name, Nathaniel. It means gift of God. Nathan is gift. E-L is God. Gift of God. And why was it Nathaniel understood this when he said, I saw you under the fig tree? What was it Nathaniel understood? Nathaniel understood that Jesus saw him in the beginning of time. The fig tree speaks about the beginning of time. Jesus saw him right back then in the beginning of time. Nathaniel, I saw you in the beginning of time. I saw you under the fig tree, the the emblem of Israel. You're an Israelite indeed. I saw you there. In the heart of God, each one of us are all there. We're all in the heart of God from eternity. Each one of you is in the heart of God from eternity. Each child in this place is in the heart of God from eternity. And Jesus said to Nathaniel, I saw you. And Jesus sees us. He saw you, and he saw you, and he saw you. He saw you all, way in eternity. And he said, I'm having that one, and I'm having that one, and I'm having that one. And he brought you into his kingdom. He said to Nathaniel, I saw you in eternity. We're all in seed. We were all in seed in Abraham, weren't we? The Bible says that if we believe in Jesus then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to all the promises. So this fig tree and all the things, there's lots of things in the Bible about the fig tree, tells us a lot of things. And and I love this story. Maybe I'll preach on this story another time. Jacob's ladder is fabulous revelation in there about what God was showing Jacob way, 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 way back. His plans bringing redemption to the earth in the person of Jesus to make a way for us all to come back to the Father. We all need that way. You don't. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody ever said that. They might have said, this is the way, and that's the way. But Jesus said, I am the way. He's the only one that ever said that. So we need to get on that ladder and start moving towards him. Can you put the next one? And this is the last slide. Jesus always sees everything. Yeah? He saw you in eternity. He saw Nathaniel in the beginning of time. And he sees where you are now. And this morning I want to just bring a challenge to you. and, and bring a, You know, last week um, Richard brought a word that stayed with me all week about unity and togetherness. It was a lovely word, wasn't it? And it stayed with me all week. And my prayer is that this last challenge will be stay with you, that realize that Jesus sees you. He sees your life. He knows your life. He knows where you are. And he cares about everything that concerns you. You know, I've got four children, and I care about everything that concerns them. And I've got four grandchildren, and I care about everything that concerns them. But I don't know all your families, so I don't have that same concern. But Jesus sees you where you are. He's seen you from the beginning of time. 
and he cares about everything in your life, everything that's happening in your life, every, every little iota. Look for the small things where God will work in your life and enjoy the big ones when they come because God certainly does work in our life. He's a miracle-working God. So ask yourself this question. Do I really know the Lord? Do I really want to please God? And do I really want to receive all the wonderful things that he has for me? Amen. The worship team are great. I really appreciate you.